All right, guys, big day today here for Best Ball Breakfast. Not only did we just hit 15K subs yesterday on the channel, everyone, round of applause, pat yourselves on the back. We are going to have announcements about that giveaway. We are, of course, going to draft two Best Ball Mania 4 teams today, one with the defending champ, Pat Corain, one with Roto-Visit Sean Siegel. What are we going to do with JSN? We're going to talk about it all today. And then after this show, we have the debut of the 2023 Best Ball Bros video. You guys have seen the clips in the intro from previous years. Well, I have updated it. We have new fodder to work with. That's going to take place immediately following this stream on the Deposit Kingdom YouTube channel. I got the redirect set up, so you don't have to do anything except sit back, enjoy two hours of Best Ball Mania drafts, and then the debut of Best Ball Bros. What a great time to be alive. Let's do it. Oh, another Influencer 101 for the Backward Hats, bro. Rick! Zach Ertz with no Tyler Algier bringback? Yikes. You reached a round for correlation? That's a no-no. You ADP bros disgust me. How about you just live a little? Handcuffing might actually be a way to get unique if the field's avoiding it. The Wi-Fi at this resort is a disaster? These fucking streamers don't have player takes. What if a piss boy draft is the room you need? Oh, all right, GM, GM, Pat Corain, are you, I, I guess you're still technically the defending champ for a long time. Although in my mind, I feel like once this new season kicks <laughs> off, you're kind of no longer the defending champ. How long do you is? keep the belt? It's, it's tough to say. I just, I, it just feels like you've been the defending champ for too long. I'm sick of it. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it hasn't <laughs> been a year, right? Don't you, aren't you the defending champ? Yeah, for a year? I guess. I guess you get to still hold on to that belt for a little bit. Um, good morning to everyone in the chat. As I said in the cold open, uh, thank you very much for all of your help, your subscribes, your likes, your comments along the way. Um, we are going to be doing that drawing on Friday. I'm going to have a show at 2 p.m. Eastern, and it's going to be a public best ball after dark. Normally, I do those for YouTube members, but as a celebration, we're going to make that one free for everyone, and we're going to do that drawing. My guy, KH. Shout out to KH. Reach out to me, Pat. This guy built a scraping tool to scrape all the comments from that playlist and then created me my own special randomizer wheel for the drawing because Wheel of Names couldn't handle the 13,000 comment Whoa. entries there. So uh, hang I'm on, excited hang to on. that I have to ask, Is this guy in the drawing? You know, oh, God. Now, please don't introduce any <laughs> kind of conspiracy fun. You don't no. know how to check the code, do you? Because, I mean, I'm just saying, if this guy's name is drawn, we need to go check the code. Yes, we could, We could. Uh, you know, I have already compensated Cage for, for his work. And look, if there's anything fishy, he did ask me, too. He goes, you are, you're half of these comments, you know, because I replied to every comment. And he said, do you, yeah. you want me to remove your name from the, the give? I was like, yes, I, I, do want, I do want my name. <laughs> that would removed. also be a bad look, Pete. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would be a very bad look. Well, guess what, guys? I got my $1,500 back. Thanks for all your pat. Bye. Should have uh, commented as much as me. There you go. Um, yeah, and Pat, I mean, it's just been, it's been a wild week. Uh, we, of course, had, you know, I had to address the best ball porno thing. I mean, like, what what is even going on anymore, Pat? I, I, I just don't even know what, what this real life is that we live. That was a truly, truly surreal moment for me. Um <sighs> And listen, I haven't gone. I I want to I want to sit down with Tyler, who I assume has watched the whole thing a couple times, and and, and get uh get the little nuggets in there because I was I was doing like someone saying I'm ripped. I just woke up. I'm, I'm not I'm not drunk, but I am tired. Um, 
I was like kind of scrolling through and I was landing on stuff that was blowing my mind. At yeah. one point, at one point, there's a misclick on Adam Thielen. And it it feels like that descriptive. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. It just she actually goes, he's like, oh no, who'd you draft? And she goes, Thielen. I mean, it's it's just too much. It's, it's too much, Pete. It's really too much. And like, you know, I, I've made a few public statements about it. I've been waffling back and forth from being horrified to marveling at its existence in a true validation of the work we've done. I mean, as people have said, like, think of all the things that get spoofed in, in pornos. You get like the fireman, you get the pizza delivery, you got the doctor, like basically every profession get spooked we've made it like best we've ball is never been so treated as a real profession ever <laughs> it's, it's it's real now it's real now um i have a little if i could give one note like a chasing Corade uh reference would have really put it over the top there <laughs> <laughs> well there's a promo code pete reference i will say you, know, yes. you go right to the end you'll see that one God, nothing would make me happier than just getting all of those first-time uh, depositors. And even saying <laughs> first-time depositors in this context feels rough. Yeah, have you, have you seen an uptick in, in promo code usage? Yeah, I got to go check. I got to go check the stats. I believe that's called dirty money uh, is what that is. Hey, man. Um, just one I, entrepreneur helping another. That's how I look at it. Uh, Matthew sending in a super chat with no comments. Uh, I appreciate you, Matthew. Uh, thank you for, uh, for the super chat this morning. We are off to the races in my 129th best ball mania draft. Pat, we're going to be picking from the one seven today. I see some badges. I don't recognize a ton of friends in here. Tommy zero Eagles. Of course, Eagles at one twelve. Pat, we are on the clock. This is a familiar spot at one seven. Kelsey Bijan Diggs, AJ Brown. What's our play? I mean, Kelsey, we could do Bijan would be fun. I'd be down for either. Yeah. Um, do you have a do you have a lean? I want you to decide here because it definitely two very different directions. Let's go Bijan just for uh just for enjoyment. Just just to you know love our life. Uh, yeah. how what do you because I was doing one exercise I did the other day. I was mentioning to you, I think, and to people on Monday that I had zero Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson stacks until a few shows ago, which really I know I only have one Kelsey Mahomes. How many Kelsey Mahomes stacks are you going to end up with in Best Ball Mania? Very few. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'll have one. I have some in some like higher stakes stuff where, uh, you know, on, on the one hand, it's like I'm not sure it's a great advancement strategy to take a tight end and a quarterback with your first two picks. Mm -hmm. I also feel like um, one of the reasons that I've been a little bit nervous about how high said these quarterbacks were going at first is like i don't have a second round pick in the in a 440 person uh, tournament that seems you know not ideal i mean yeah. it's your quarterback but it's like i would rather have a second round skill player when i'm trying to take down 440 teams um yeah so if the if the final is smaller then i was like i'm a little more open to it so i i, I have mixed in some homes but homes never comes back to the third the mid third like that so no yeah it you know one thing so with the 
with the Andrews Lamar stuff, you know, I did it once with uh Bime four on Friday from the one hole with Justin Jefferson. And then yeah. on best ball breakfast, I had the two with Jamar chase. And I did it again there. Uh, so now I have a Mark Andrews Lamar with chase a Mark Andrews Lamar with Jefferson. Like I'm not even opposed, like uh, again, uh, you know, I'm selfishly pushing uh, my and our portfolio here, but I'm not opposed to do it with a Bijan, you know, to grab Andrews here and start, you know, working on that oh, wow. portfolio. We do though have Adam sliding to 18, which is pretty interesting. What do you think is a is the play here? I think we go Adams or Waddle. Yeah. Do you have a preference on those? I'm pretty even Probably exposure Adams. wise. Okay. Waddle's. I, I'm. I've been getting a lot of Waddle recently. Uh, yeah. He's just available right ahead of Olave. It's like as soon as he goes, Olave goes, but he doesn't go until right then. Yeah. Yeah. In this one, yeah, Bijan Devonte Adams. I don't necessarily think that's some crazy unique combo um based on where kind of those guys have gone you know Bijan was sliding to nine or ten a lot he would be a relatively familiar pairing I would say with Devontae Adams but that doesn't mean uh I think it's bad whatsoever it's just I am thinking about those combos a little bit more now that I only have you know 20 some drafts left and kind of thinking with where ADP is solidified these this combo is not unique but this will be a pretty unique team because this mm -hmm. combo is not common now True. That's you know, true. It's, a, it's not common in the middle of the board. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of comments about the new eliminator contest. I will be completely honest. I've been so busy. Someone alerted to me. It was Chipsy <laughs> alerted it to me in the discord last night. And now it's already like half full. I haven't even got Is a it? chance. I did like one last night. It's half full. It's half full. So oh my, God. my hope is I'll get to wrap. Like I even saw some people, I think it was Herzig was like, I was getting ready to write an article about it. And I wonder if it's worth writing an article, if it's already going to fill, but they're they going to size these contests one. bigger. I don't understand. It's, I think they, you know, weekly winners has been having a slightly, I think, slower fill rate than oh, yeah, they ideally true. would like. And so when they launch a new one, I think they're kind of, you know, you know, just being cautious and making sure like, Hey, are people going to like this? Is this just going to sit in the lobby? But people love this one. Yeah. This one is a, to me, a way cooler idea than weekly winners where like hitting the pure nuts in a single week is just, I mean, I don't know. I, it's a lot of teams to beat. Like I don't, I don't play those tournaments in DFS. Like I, yeah, I like, I like kind of more of the smaller field stuff. I like the eliminator. I don't know. Something about the eliminator is just like way more, interesting it is um, have you you, I did you said one right you did away. one did you have yeah. any kind of macro strategy thoughts there was someone in the ship chasing discord that posted a really sick kind of ev thread by week and then kind of had some interesting by week takeaways of if you were going to stack up yeah. some by weeks there based on the ev but was there anything else you've been looking at well yeah that i noticed that and i didn't dig into that but i was like there's clearly quite a bit of um edge that you could get by analyzing this advanced structure because it's quite random it's like one week 80 percent of the teams advance and then the next week half advance and you know you should probably factor that into what you're doing with in terms yep. of bye weeks um so lamar and andrews i was gonna say should we do an allen build yeah this seems all right fun. let's do it also uh it does seem fun I haven't been doing a lot. This seems like a, a spot to do it. Um, the people want to see us do anything other than a, a, a Lamar Jackson build. Real quick, what do you think about Gibbs going ahead of Ramondre? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really understand. I, 
I don't get it, man. I mean, I don't get like a lot of this stuff. Like, why is ETN not ahead of all these guys? Because why, why are, are we betting on Tank Bigsby? <laughs> yeah, why are we betting on Gibbs over Brees? Who we know, like right. I know Brees is coming off the the ACL, but it's like I feel a lot more confident that Brees can handle a big workload down the stretch than I do with Gibbs. This is not mm -hmm. a PPR site, so I don't know. I'm gonna not gonna have a, a lot of Gibbs this year, but I'm gonna have a lot of ETN Brees, and I'll have a solid amount of Ramondre. Well, one of the funny things about the the Gibbs Pat is we drafted him on our opening night, my first best ball mania draft and we got him i believe it was pick 57 and when people go back and did we're doing all the comments they'd be like wow back when you could get you know gibbs in the fifth round and we even took him ahead of adp yeah, it was like reached. oh this feels feels a little rich uh but let's get him now but boy does that share look a lot better now that he's going a full two rounds earlier yeah i don't want to be like out on a really talented receiving back um so i i'm, I'm gonna look up how much i have on because I would like to yeah i'm at seven percent mm -hmm. it's like there's a few guys um waller i'm at eight percent on gives and gives him at seven um someone else is rocketing up boards and it's just like all right that's it like i did it i got my i got my shares and it's over now that video yeah long, huh? i kind of feel that way about gibbs i'm only slightly over i'm at uh i think nine percent is what i was at um and i i think i'm at peace with that i don't think i'm gonna be chasing him into the mid mid third here um but look at this uh gibbs someone someone heard this and uh we finally got gibbs and Brees hall going close to each other at 38 39 etn at 36 uh we might actually get some wide receivers in a draft it's crazy let's see here um this is uh, an interesting spot here at four, six, we have Josh Allen, Bijan Robinson, Adams, Christian Watson comes off the board. We're looking at two running backs. We don't like Justin Fields is not in the conversation for us with Allen. So then we're down to Mike Dub, Lauren, uh, Drake, London, McLaurin, Hopkins. What do you Drake think? London for me? Yep. Talk, talk about Drake London, because I've been, I've been trying to get him more in this range after being kind of indifferent to him, thinking he was vaguely overpriced. And now I'm like, I need more Drake London. Yeah, um, I think it's going to look kind of silly. Like, we're going to look back on this summer and be like, wait, I was out on Drake London because his tight end teammate was really cheap. That's why I was out on the eighth overall pick who had over two yards per hour run as a rookie. That's, wait, explain to me again why I was out on this guy who I think is super talented and flashed all the signs I'm looking for of an explosive second year breakout. Because yeah. I could get I, I could get a tight end in the seventh round. What does that have to do with anything? Like right. I I truly I truly think we could be like, why weren't we all super hyped about Drake London? He was yep. So I just you know yes, Pitts is a good value, and I take a lot of Pitts. But we're actually seeing some concerning sign of on Pitts. Like maybe he has like a 70 percent, seventy five percent route rate. You know, they, they take him out on some heavy personnel. You know, it doesn't come out for that. Drake London, he's out on the field. So there's a chance, like, on some play action type snaps, on some, you know, maybe goal line type stuff. Because that's where you see a lot of those power sets. Maybe Pitts is even on the field. So yeah. I understand that this isn't going to be like a high volume offense. It's going to be very low volume. But I bet they can, they could get to 500 attempts, which isn't, which is low. But it's like it's almost 100 attempts more than they had, um, and they were on pace 
with Ritter in Ritter's four games for like 515 attempts. So right. I think there could be like enough volume to support a breakout season from a target dominant elite wide receiver. And that's what Drake profiles is, is he could be. He, he was an awesome prospect. And he just had a really, really efficient rookie year, and he's got the draft capital to back it up, and the team's installed him as their clear number one. Yep. Uh, I'm completely with you there, too. And while I'm still excited about Pitts, he's still a guy that I'm happy to select where he's going. You and I have selected him in the 80s, I think, a couple times on these streams. Um, but there is the risk of the kind of Arthur Smith use, usage stuff. You saw even in the preseason, you know, some of these other tight ends continuing to get work in the way that they use Kyle Pitts, they're just a little stubborn with it. They don't want to install him as like a true full-time player. And it's something you've written about this year too, of how important it is to be on the field for all of those snaps, specifically at the goal line, the play action, those things where you're essentially getting extra added work in targets that you might not get otherwise because you're literally off the field. We know with Drake London, Drake London's going to be on the field all the time. Like he's never coming off the field and that's going to naturally lead to, I think, a pretty high target share for him. Yeah. No, he's going to have a really high target share. That's the other thing too, right? If you're, uh, you know, I think the pushback that I'm seeing in the chat is like, it's the Atlanta offense. There's not enough passing attempts. You know, there are only one guy can succeed from here. That's probably true. The only yeah. one of them can, can crush, but Pitts is actually so cheap that I'm, at, I'm not even sure that's true. And uh, the other thing is that like, no one's pushing back on the idea. He's going to have a massive target share. So what if we're like a little wrong on the, the Falcons? And I, I don't know that people realize just how run heavy they were last year in, in a way that's like hard to sustain. Um, we are on the clock, Pat. I assume we're looking at running back wide receiver here. Uh, Kenneth Walker, we took Christian Kirk in this range last week. JSN's now falling because of the injury. Madison, Lockett, Godwin, what do you think? I mean, Lockett, it would be pretty good. I We could also go Kirk. I feel like Leone's here screaming that we should go Kirk, but uh, yeah. I'd be fine to go Lockett too. Let, let's do Kirk it. just because what I said, let's go lock it. Whatever. Kirk's oh, God, at the last second, I was just going to say, if we were torn, the fact that the ADP is still a little sticky, there's yeah. a chance. I guess Eagles probably isn't going to let him know. He goes immediately after us. So. I just think Lockett comes, comes roaring up to replace some of the JSN steam. I don't know. I agree with you that he he's clearly going to flip JSN. I don't know how much like roaring up he can do though. Like, is he going to pass Deontay Johnson? Is he going to pass no. Brandon Ayuk? You know, no, to here. I'm basically saying here. let's take him at his new ADP, which will be here. Yeah. Um, Pat, someone said that you needed uh, caffeine via, I think, like a contact high from me pouring the caffeine. So yeah, I, I am going to get get my, uh, my coffee. I'll, I'll do one better. I'll literally drink my coffee as you Ooh, pour yours. There we go. There it is. We got the ducks going. We got the coffee flowing here. Um, yeah, the, the Christian Kirk, I, I did just listen to uh, Davis and Leon. I haven't gotten all the way predictions. through it, but I listened okay. to that one. The Christian Kirk like, part? I couldn't have been less sold. <laughs> I, I was very sold because one of the things that I've wanted to do is like, I don't want to just be fully out on the Jags because I am fading Ridley. And like, man, if Ridley really does fail, like it does seem like Kirk would be the biggest beneficiary. And I want to make sure that I'm like compounding that fade a little bit. Yeah. For me, it was like a reminder that, yeah, the, the, um, 
the Jaguars are going to pass a lot and they're going to have good quarterback play and having a piece of this offense should be pretty interesting. But I think he's, to me, he's pretty clearly overpriced, but not by a ton. Like he should be more like an early sixth round pick and he's a late fifth round pick. So it's, yeah, when he was at the four or five, I think that was legitimately bad. And it's because of the lack of upside. Like we are looking for winners there. And I do think that as a, as a player, like as a talent profile, he is not what we're looking for for that. And we should keep that in mind. Yeah, I love Dobbins. It's a great player. Yeah, I, I, I like, I hate that I only have 4.8% here and I'm trying to, to, I knew you would be on board for that. I also am curious to see where JSN is sliding in drafts. I want to say Liam posted one where he got him at 71. Uh, have you seen any other um, like BBM ADP adjustments for him? I've just been taking him regularly in the sixth. I will say I was yeah. I'm doing some of these big dog slows, and when I got to the five six, I had a bunch of Lamar in those, like mm-hmm. unstacked Lamar with a maybe a a Waddle or just no one, just like oh, I'll take Lamar at the end of the third, um, or like the let's say the three oh six or three oh seven to um, the end of the round, and. Mm-hmm. I was just expecting to get sixth round Dobbins in those. And in a lot, I wasn't able to get him. So I do think at least among the kind of more, you know, that the higher stakes dudes are are waking up. So, you know, not hopefully, but I think, I think it'll move on. I've seen a lot of the JSN discourse that I've seen. um, It's kind of puzzling to me. I, I think when you, if you push back to the market not reacting, and I saw this happen with Greg Dolchich too, where people were like, oh, all these people drafting Greg. It's like the market has reacted. Greg Dolchich is going 20, 30 picks later. People are baking in this. Uh, I was bud. I was chatting with Sam Sherman last night, and he was like so irritated that Jason hadn't slid in drafts. Like, but he is. Is if he was a. No, I know. He was like, but he's what, not going to slide. I was like, he will, give it time. Don't be mad yet. That's what I'm, I'm so confused about. It's like, no, the market is appropriately saying like, yes, like JSN could be a low advance rate player. Um, I want to float. Um, actually, no, I don't know what I want to float. What do you think here? Um, I mean, we could do the Atlanta Giga stack, which we've done before, I think. I know. I don't know how much I love it. Yeah, I don't um, love it either. Uh, do you want to do a running back? Uh, yeah, let's let's see what... We could reach for a wide receiver. We need a fourth. Elijah Moore or Elijah Sky Moore or seems fine. Let's, okay. do, let's do Elijah Moore. Yeah. Um, the pick I was hoping was going to come to us was James Cook. Um, obviously, it's a little wishful thinking with his ADP on the rise, but I thought it would have been fun to get a Josh Allen-James Cook pairing. Yeah. Um, I did want to say on the Leone Kirk thing, it may be more open to taking him in best ball because you're like, you know, he is going to have some games where he gets a bunch of targets and they are going to pass a lot. And I don't actually even need to like hit on this year's league winner in the mid fifth. I, if I stack a, like a small win on top of other, like I take Deontay Johnson, he's the like Deontay Johnson. I don't think is going to be this massive smash because I just don't think the offense can be good enough. And there's other good guys yeah. in the offense. And I take him. So, you know, I don't want to be... I didn't buy, really buy um, the ceiling argument on it, but I certainly think we don't want to kill a guy too much with a median outcome, which was kind of Leone's point. Like, this guy projects pretty well, and we're all, like, yeah. crushing I, a ceiling. So I, I, did, I did get that part of it. 
So one thing about this, and like, I, I, I'm like as big of a JSN bull as you're probably going to find. I mean, actually, no, there's there's definitely people who are more bullish than me. But based on my exposures, my most drafted guy, I'm also as willing to play for week 17 as anyone. It does hurt the strength of your teams, your fourth and fifth round shares of JSN. Those teams are less likely to advance. Like, you need your fourth and fifth round picks doing stuff throughout the season like everyone can't be a low advance rate guy like can you build super teams around that obviously but it's it's not ideal like you can't come here and spin this as a good thing it makes it harder for those teams to advance while i still completely agree the thesis has not changed on the late season upside but there's a reason jameson williams goes in the 10th round and not in the fifth round because <laughs> you're not getting that production and he's going to drag down advance rates when he's not playing at the start of the season yeah, although I guess I think we're now thinking that he could be out until their week five bye, which I completely agree with everything you said then. But it is possible he only misses like a game or two, in which yeah. case it's not. Then you're yeah. Um, all right, on the clock again. This is definitely a, a bit of a piss boy room, although I think the Bateman price is still kind of absurd. Um, yeah, I'd be down to take Bateman. Bateman's unless, yeah, kind of a smash here for us because our wide receiver four is not very good. Bateman's another one of those guys where I guess both Bateman and Dobbins, right? Like all signs are pointing to we're good to go here. And the market is still like pricing in uncertainty about their health, their contract, whatever it is. That one doesn't seem to have corrected appropriately. Yeah. And like this year, I've been kind of shocked at how confident people have been about injury assessments like their own injury assessments and like there's several like very there are literally trained professionals in this space and like I, edwin pours is a guy i really like like uh he does like really thoughtful assessments on these injury uh timelines and i just go read what he has to say on this stuff yeah. Or listen to his, you know, him on podcasts. Like, there is information available on these guys. Now, with Bateman, he was like, I don't love that he had this cortisone shot. It's not good. But he but he was, you know, from, after hearing what he had to say, I was like, okay, this isn't like a, this cortisone shot is not like a major run for the hills type of moment. Um, he probably had this screw removed. It was bothering him. A lot of guys, they might wait until the end of season to get it removed. They get it removed right then. Gets the cortisone shot. They rest him. There's some potential that he could come back too early from that and re-injure it. So the fact that he sat out all this time, I was like, sweet, sit out as long as you want, dude. Like, don't break your foot. Yeah. And so the, he hasn't, you know, come back too early. I think that's smart. Um, but the market seems to be like, Look, his foot's in terrible shape. He'll never walk again. You know, we got to take him in the, the late ninth. So I don't yep. know. I've just been. I don't I don't I don't know. People just people, it's like Dunning-Kruger stuff. Like people just don't know what they're talking about with these injuries. And like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but there are resources here. You can go read what the actual timeline is likely to be not that these guys will be right all the time but they're they're more right than like your kind of vague ideas of what's going to happen with these injuries right 
Um, we're about to be on the clock at 9-7. Our team so far, Josh Allen at quarterback, Bijan, J.K. Dobbins at running back, and then five wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Drake London, Christian Kirk, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman. A um, couple interesting running backs here at the top of the queue. Gibson, A.J. Dillon, Charbonnet. You got the tight ends, Fryermuth and Najoku. What do you think? Uh, we could use the running back structurally, but I don't love these guys. AJ Dillon would be fine with me. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm completely good with AJ Dillon there. I'm surprised. So you don't? I feel like Gibson, AJ Dillon, Sharps. These aren't just collectively. These aren't guys you're that excited about. Yeah, I mean, I. You know what? I guess I. I was pretty excited about Sharps here before. And maybe I need to get re-excited. But, you know, like Khalil Herbert goes a few picks before. And to me, you know, he should be up there. Like, I, I think he's about as strong a pick as Pacheco, really. You know? Yeah. So, there's kind of like that tier. Like, David Montgomery I don't love, but I would take him in the ninth. Yeah. So, I, I think Dylan Sharbs, and uh, Gibson... And, and probably Brian Robinson are in a tier behind those other guys. Yeah. The, um, you know, thinking through, we should also probably think through kind of our, our Josh Allen bills plan here as well. You know, I have not taken a, a lot of Kincaid, you know, the one instance though, where I'm very open to it is when I have Josh Allen and I don't have Diggs or Gabe Davis or James Cook. So I, I do want to throw that out here. Don't think it needs to be this pick necessarily, but I do think Kincaid uh, starts to make a ton of sense on this team. Yeah. Well, what's his ADP? I never even. 117. So. And what are we? Yeah, actually, it probably does have to be this pick because I doubt he's coming back to 127. Yeah. So, um, I don't see a ton of opportunity cost in this range, um, even though I still find it pricey, but it is kind of jumping out to me um, just where we're at on this team and what's available. Do you have any any other options, though? No, it's that's the pick. Yeah. Have you done... I'm at 2.4%. I want to say almost all of those are on Allen teams. I don't think I ever really take him without Allen. I mean, Naked Kincaid is is nuts. I don't know who's doing that. <laughs> I mean, I do all know right, who's here. doing it. His name's Liam Murphy. He's uh, he's quite a, been quite successful at best ball. But, uh, yeah, I'm not doing that. Mm. Yeah, the... Um, you know, those are, we got our three, you know, rookie uh, tight ends uh, that have been making waves. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, Laporta, and Musgrave. Um, Kincaid, definitely the most expensive. But, hey, if there's a time and place to get them, it's when you don't have an early tight end. You have Josh Allen. You got boxed out on the other guys. You're in a flat range of the board here. Uh, I guess there's some interesting running back names, P. Ryan, Rashad Penny, but uh, Kincaid seemed like the pick there for sure. We have three running backs too, so it's not like structurally we're like, oh, we got to go running back. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think... You look, we have Josh Allen, man. What, what are we going to go into week 17 and not have any correlation? Like, how are we going to take this thing down? Yep. So we have we had to take Kincaid, okay? Okay, chat. It, All right, chat is killing me for taking him. Guess who we're not taking? Knox, because Kincaid in this universe is crushing Knox. Knox is barely playing, dude. He's a fucking run blocker. He's got like a 12% route rate. 
I love that. This is a, you know, it's like a, it's a sliding doors thing. We just stepped into a universe where Josh Allen and Dalton Kincaid are the best quarterback tight end combo in the world. And we just blocked the chat and the haters out. They're in a different world. They're in a Dawson Knox world. They're in a Gabe Davis world. We're over here in this Josh Allen, yeah. Dalton Kincaid world. We just world. slid a glass door. Now I can't hear you. We can't hear you, chat. Okay? Yeah. We're in a different universe. The universe where we're winning the money with Dalton Kincaid. A universe That's which my- is going to be a bit of a tough look for me with Liam. Uh when we win three million dollars with Kincaid, I'm gonna hear a lot of chatter in my universe, but you know, we'll deal with that chatter. I wonder if we need to do like the Liam hypotheticals that we give Davis, you know, as far as like what would you rather win? Like, I wonder what would be like more validating for Liam, um, you know, to win. You know, one of the ironies of Liam that year he won Best Ball Mania, right? Is he had what like 45% Gabe Davis, but Gabe Davis wasn't on the winning team. Um, it does feel fitting. I could see if Kincaid's on the winning team and uh, and Liam doesn't sniff the finals. But that could be the thing he could just <laughs> he could victory lap. It's like, no, but Kincaid, he did it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, A-Chain at... Oh, what were you saying? No, it was just because uh, I had like 45% Rashad White and he wasn't on my team. So big stands that <laughs> don't matter. That's that's the way to do it. Yeah. Um. All right, thank you, Tyler, here. Like and sub in honor of Pete coming early to 15K. We did hit 15K subs on the channel. I don't have to ask you guys to like and comment. The comment giveaway is locked. All of those entries have been scraped. Appreciate all of you, especially the max enterers. I'll be sure to shout out those people who were doing the Lord's work in the comments. Pat, we are on the clock. Kind of like Tank Bigsby here. Uh, anything else you see? Love Tank here. Yeah. Uh, Tank doesn't seem to slide much. We also already have Christian Kirk here with the Jags. Um, and normally, like, I, I've now called it kind of the Tank Bigsby, Jalen Warren range, where it's like the board at running back gets real gross after those two. And those guys are now up like 15, 20 picks from where they were even just a couple of weeks ago. So all of the, and this happens every year, right, Pat, where the zero RB, the premium yeah, targets, yeah. they just inch in, inch up. So I've been a big proponent of getting done with running back around round like 14. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've I've been like trying to get five running. Like I have a lot of builds where I went um, five wide receivers within the first nine rounds. But then by round 14, I'm at like one, five, five, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then whatever the onesies would need to be. So yeah. I think that's changing, though. I think what's happening is like some running backs are, are falling out of that range and some running backs are coming up. And so you can't just sit in rounds 11, 12, 13, 14 and hammer running backs with really strong profiles as as easily as you could. Like some of yeah. the best bets are now not in the range. It's not entirely gone, but I think what this time is giving us now is all of a sudden Kyron Williams looks kind of interesting and Keontae Ingram looks kind of interesting and Josh Kelly looks like the number two back. Um, which we thought he would be, but now that we have some evidence he actually is. So there's lots of guys in the 18th round that I think I'm going to start sprinkling in um, as like my running back five or my running back six. Yeah. And it just, I don't know what I'm going to do with these 10th round picks. I don't want to take Dalton Kincaid every time, but it's not as clear cut a, a structure now to just take running backs through those rounds. 
Uh, the chat is marveling that I have 0.8% McKinnon. McKinnon's ADP has confused me all offseason. He's been an easy pass for me. He says Pete doesn't want the RB that kills it for the Chiefs down the stretch. Did did anyone watch the Chiefs down the stretch last year? He was not the running back killing it. That was Isaiah Pacheco <laughs> killing it down the stretch. You're thinking about two years ago, uh, but that was two years ago. Uh, so, yes, I'm not drafting Jarek McKinnon. Uh, I guess Pat, down the fantasy stretch he was. Right. right. Yeah. Pat... You know, if you want to like, if we want to start getting aggressive, like I'm, I'm down to try to do like a, a golf Laporta thing here. Um, if you want to grab a guy, can we like pull Kenny it off? Mayo. You think? I think we go Laporta first, honestly. All right, let's do it. You want to try it? Yeah, let's try it. Um, I, the, the, so part of the reason, I guess the Jameson one. No, he goes right after. God us, damn dude. it! Unstacked. <laughs> Completely <laughs> just, just snapped, unstacked. <laughs> god damn it. Oh my god. Uh, there uh, we go. Um, I do feel confident uh, well. that Laporta wasn't better. coming back to 151, but I, I guess it was with a shot. My thought was the Amon Ra drafter was behind us. And that the uh, the Jamison Williams drafter had already drafted Anthony Richardson. I don't know. I, I thought there was a chance. I was I was very naive though. Oh man, that's hilarious. Yeah, we need a non-rookie tight end now. <laughs> yeah, Pat, did, were were people watching different football than me? McKinnon absolutely crushed last year. No, they're right. Unusable. They're right. In the playoffs, you crushed your advance rate. In the fantasy playoffs. What do you mean? Oh, and yeah, had, in the fantasy. Yeah, it was play- awesome in week fifteen and seventeen, I believe. Okay, he had two weeks. He wasn't usable. At the beginning of the season, the team completely abandoned him in the Super Bowl. Like, what are what are we hanging on to here? Fantasy playoffs. Okay. He had one. He, he was, had he one was awesome game. in the fantasy playoffs. And then the team completely relegated him for the rookie. No, I know, but these people don't watch the playoffs. So they just play fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In. You, the whole thing too, like everyone preaches the closing line value that you're going to get with these free agent running backs, all this stuff. Are, are the Chiefs still not a premier contender to add a back like Fournette, like Hunt? Are they like, to me, it does not seem like this backfield is solidified yet. Like people are making very big assumptions about how this backfield is going to shake out at those prices. You know, I will say, Daenerick Prince looked like he might be kind of the late season third down back, and he is. Well, we're on the clock. Yeah, we're on the clock here. Um, tight end a little bit wiped out. I don't like any of these guys. Is there anything we want to do with quarterback? Hmm. We could like. I, I don't mind Kendrick like reaching Miller for a Jalen Hyatt or is yeah is Kendra still here? You want to do Kendra's Kendra? here? Yeah, yeah, it seems fun. Another guy who's like ADP after, you know, I think a justifiable dip did not adjust to him starting yeah, in the preseason. Yeah. It looked, looked awesome. Sorry, keep going. What were you going to say? Well, so last year, right, we got the Pacheco drum beat every, you know, mini camp, you know, OTAs, training camp, you know, everything just like Pacheco, Pacheco. He looks so good. We we started to get that with the Nerick Prince and then training camp started. Pats came on and it went completely away. So, and that's the more common thing with the UDFA. And I think that is good for McKinnon because uh, Daenerys Prince was more of a pass catcher. 
mm-hmm. and McKinnon's so old, and so it could have been kind of a late season, you know, handing a baton to Daenerys Prince, which would have absolutely crushed you in like the twelfth round or whatever. So, I think the fact that that threat seems to have evaporated is good. And I don't know. I don't think they're going to add someone because they still have Ceh, who you know they got sitting on this first round contract. Like they might as well use up the final year of him as their backup. Um, and Ceh is like a bad but not horrendous receiver, and he's a bad but well, he's borderline horrendous rusher. But you can kind of you can kind of like fill in the gaps for you in the same way that Fournette probably would. So yeah, I, I, I think this backfield's probably pretty set to be honest. Yeah, I. Yeah, and I, I disagree. I think, like, if you're going to play it, like, I, I don't even mind going with the CEH or the Prince stuff late. Um, I don't even think Pacheco's mispriced, but McKinnon stands out as a horrible uh, price. Um, and I do think people are really ignoring that the team went away from him when they needed to win games the most. They said, we are done with Jarek McKinnon. He does not bring any value to this team. And now he's 31. And people yeah, are, are winning. Tell old. me your McKinnon exposures in the chat. Because... He uh, he never seems to go uh, when I need other people to take him and push better players down to me. Do you guys all have 20% Jarek McKinnon? Um, you could do like a backdoor thing with Carr if you want to build something out with... Is is Stafford still here? Or he, he Stafford is still here. What, we could take Van. You want to do Van and then see? I guess at this price... That's a, it's a good price on Van. Yeah. <laughs> now everyone in the chat actually oh yeah actually, actually i only have one percent i just really wanted to like <laughs> cape up i wanted you to take i wanted you to take him not me to take yeah exactly uh, a lot of people who have no skin in the game on the kid it feel very strongly that he's a good pick okay 1.7 show me someone okay here's one fish here 19 percent. finally there's someone throwing their money away and at least i'm at six percent <laughs> i'm at six percent i'm willing to take him occasionally yeah. he He's yes, he's 31 and everything, but like I take some Mahomes occasionally, right? I take Burrow. I he gives you that little bring back, and they did use him down the stretch of the fantasy playoffs, which are not necessarily going to be meaningful games for the Chiefs. They might have locked up the division. They might be burning what's left of Jerry McKinnon's legs while they while they keep Pacheco fresh. Uh, but I, more importantly, I think he is like a P Ryan, a Samaji P Ryan, a Jamal Williams kind of archetype, where it's like. Hey, you know what I need? Some early season stuff with Brees Hall. So when you when yeah. you take Brees Hall, you can't be out on the P. Rines and the Jamal Williams and the McKinnons of the world. The funny other thing about how the market has treated McKinnon is people forget there was uncertainty that he was even going to re-sign with the Chiefs. And he was free all offseason. No one wanted McKinnon as a talent. Didn't matter where he landed. The, the play on McKinnon is literally he's on the Chiefs. That's the only reason, which is a fair reason. That was like the reason guys. last year, though, too. Like, no right. one has wanted McKinnon for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> That's... But it's just funny because no one can make a talent argument for McKinnon at this. It's just like, I just pray to God that uh, Mahomes is still willing to check down the ball to him. But yeah. it, I will, I will happily book. You you want to, you want to book Jeff Wilson versus McKinnon. Let's do it. You know, you want to book Roshan Johnson versus McKinnon. Let's do it. You want to book Kenny Gainwell versus McKinnon. Who's a better version of what you're getting from McKinnon. Let's book it. He's a better, he's a worse pick than all those guys. Um, did Stafford go? <laughs> Pat, yeah, we missed he just out went. on Stafford. Um, is, could... uh, is Devontae Parker here? <laughs> yes, he's here. Let's take him as a bring back, and that gives us a Mac out. Okay, we are up. Yeah, seven wide receivers. We're fine there. Uh, no, we are not going single QB. That's another fish move. 
I prefer single QB and weekly winners, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, on the eliminator, I think I think three QBs got to be optimal, even if you have an elite, right? Because you need, like, I did Herbert, Purdy, and Garoppolo, because I was like, I need to get through Herbert's week five bye, and you know, Purdy, Purdy yeah, might not be very good. <laughs> So I did see a lot of people were interested in the three QB builds for that. I, I legit haven't even, I saw some of the quick, uh, the advanced rate stuff. And I want to dig into that chart that um, the guy posted in the ship chasing, look at the EV for each round. It it does seem like uh, the bi-week bros have won on this one. You know, it bi- was, this it, is about, this is, this bi-week is all bro about bi-week heaven. bros. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> Christian wants to know how many shares of Anthony or uh, Alan Robbins. I took him once with Justin Herdzik on the ETR stream. Zero. That's incorrect. That's a bad take. It's a bad take. <laughs> it's truly a bad take that Alan Robinson is throwing money away. Uh, well, I, I have, have two point three percent, so it's not like I'm hammering him. But he's an eighteen round pick who's going to play a lot. He, he was throwing was, money away last year when you took him in the four. Yeah, he. But he had that really good training camp. Um. <laughs> all right, Pat. We are tight on. End? Anything at tight end? Let's see here. Tight end, you want to get a third. We're kind of in like backdoor stack territory here as well. We could take Hayden Hurst if you want. Um, okay. Hayden <laughs> Hurst, we do have the mouth. Yeah. Uh we do have the Jags thing uh right. going there with week 17, which is fine. Oh, I just noticed that Deuce Vaughn is now going up here. At 186. Well, I thought the team said it was is Rico Dowdle that it's was Rico be Dowdle, the yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, just keeps scoring TDs. He was never in. I mean, yeah. you don't have a. Five, he's five five. You don't have a five five guy as your primary backup. He the hope is he's Darren Sproles. So he's almost a. It doesn't matter. In some ways, like Rico Dowdle being the backup is great because he's Rico Dowdle. You know, he's, how much does he work is going to get? So yeah. You're hoping that it becomes kind of a, a bit of a committee, uh, like a Saint-style committee where they, they have three guys doing decent stuff. Uh, yeah. Old-school Saints. I'm talking like Pierre Thomas-type Saints. Mm. So, Pat, we have uh, two more picks here. Um, I think, to me, it would be... Obviously, we need one more quarterback, and I think we have we have kind of two main options there. And then I do think tacking on one of these Bills uh, wide receiver, either Shakir or uh, Hardy, would make sense as the eighth pick. What do you think? Completely agree. Um, we now have a, an out to a, a non-MAC quarterback, which is nice. Yeah. Um, since we did build out that Panthers-Jags game stack in addition, you know, it's not just Hurst. First, I think is kind of a nice bridge tight end. Four. He's, I was kind of out on him, but he's um, he's played like all the tight end route or all the tight end snaps in preseason, mm-hmm. which, which I think is very bullish given that like, uh, Frank Reich has traditionally rotated his tight ends. Yeah, but so they don't rotate him; they just play him all the time. I mean, he shouldn't be free. I just realized, Pat, the reason we didn't get uh, Jared Goff is because uh, this drafter uh, has taken four quarterbacks, and I'm pretty sure was auto-drafting there for a stretch. So uh, take Bryce Young now while you're at it, Derek. No, he doesn't. Do you want to go Derek? Uh, do you want to go Bryce Young or Ritter? Because that's really the the option for this team. 
Probably Ritter, right? I I was leaning Ritter um, because we do have Bijan and. You want to push Lund it because we also have the Mac out, so we could just grab Hardy and know that we have. See, the... I think one of those two guys is going to be there okay. too because you still have the Shakir cover too, and like no one's reaching for Hardy. Oh, what fucking famous last words? No one's reaching for Hardy without Josh Allen, but uh, I would be more worried about like the Pitts drafter uh, potentially taking him. Uh, uh, yeah, so like this 150 here, he has only, he's been doing a punk QB build, like Pickett, Brock Purdy. Like, I would feel a little bit um, worse about Ritter coming back. Yeah. So our team here through 17 rounds, we got a 2573 build, Josh Allen and Ritter at quarterback, uh, running backs, Bijan, J.K. Dobbins, A.J. Dillon, Tank Bigsby, Kendra Miller. I actually, like, at first I was kind of like the A.J. Dillon pick, and now looking at this room with kind of the rookies, there i think aj Dillon is like a really nice uh bridge piece there as well wide receivers solid Devonte adams drake london christian kirk elijah moore rashad bateman van jefferson Devonte parker uh parker with our bring back there um on the bill stack tight end dalton kincaid sam laporta and hayden hurst i guess the only bring back we didn't get uh no chicago bring backs here for us but that's all right yeah that's fine i mean I especially am not as, you know, like we have Josh Allen with, you know, stacked to the tight end, who's obviously just going to be the best pick on the board and uh, brought back. And then we yeah. have a Jaguars uh, potential stack with Bigsby and Kirk, hopefully, yeah. with a bring back on her. So we have a couple games stacked up. If Bijan just has the solo like massive week 17 game and Chicago rolls over great I, I don't care like I don't need to bring back on on that I think when you have the elite quarterback and you have the cheap secondary guy if he's not brought back that you're kind of already betting on the elite guy you know what I mean for week 17 441 yeah. teams like you need your elite right. probably true um do you have a preference on Shakir versus Hardy I actually strongly prefer Hardy yeah. Um, and it does seem like the market is finally pushing Shakir down because he was like a staple of like the 16th and 17th rounds for a while. Um, Hardy is not enough. I, moving up. He shouldn't yeah. be drafted. I don't. I don't think. Okay. What it just? I mean, is it just kind of the how the snaps have shook out in the preseason? Yeah, I think it seems like he's their wide receiver five, and mm -hmm. he didn't add it. Like he wasn't that good last year, and he was a day three pick. So mm -hmm. it just feels like sort of we're anchored to old ADP on it. I mean, we did this with Taekwon, right? Like Taekwon doesn't look like he's anywhere close to a starter. And now he's basically out of the player pool. And I think the same thing should happen to Shakir. I guess I'm a little more willing to leave the light on for Shakir. Cause I, th I thought he was like, he showed some pretty interesting yards after catch stuff, but um. And maybe it's not quite as dire because they they rotate. They'll probably rotate that slot receiver and play some four wide and stuff. But yeah, I just it just hasn't been a good offseason for them. The Bills, man, the Bills are fascinating this year, right? Because I feel like all the reporting is just how good Kincaid looks. Um, I mean, Diggs is Diggs. People still don't really know what we're going to get out of Gabe Davis. There's this mess with all these other ancillary wide receivers. Even Trent Sherfield seems like a guy who could have a role. Um, they are yeah. a really interesting team as far as stacking them up. But like how we did it, um, where we passed on Diggs and Gabe, I would have really liked James Cook. I think would have been a fun pairing 
there to kind of cap, you know, capitalize yeah. on all of the offensive production. But other than that, I do like how we just played it through the cheap pieces. Yeah, I will say with um with Hardy too, like if you go just look at what he's done in the past, it's pretty exciting. Like he's mm. he's super, super fast. Um, he's a smaller guy, he's probably gonna play like more an underneath, he's not gonna be like a outside deep threat, he's more like underneath slot type of stuff, but like he can he can take stuff to the house, uh, you know, with yards after catch. And he's a really good kick returner. So when we're trying to think through these uncertain situations, he's going to be active on game days. He should have a chance, you know, to get used on some interesting, probably like gadgety type plays. If he's the starting slot receiver on top of that, that's amazing. But even if he's like Isaiah McKenzie last year, um, I think you, you're okay with that in the 18th round. And I think the floor is maybe higher than people realize because, uh, again, he's the kick returner. So he's yeah. going to be active. So, yeah, I think Hardy over Shakir is actually like a super easy decision. Yeah, that's a, it's a good note there too. And again, like Hardy's skill set is down the field, right? Like if he gets, he's going to get the splash plays. He's going to speed the yes. games up when he does hit. Yes. And someone's saying there's no incentive to, yeah, Stepfather says there's no incentive to concentrate that role. Agreed. So, all right. So the role's not concentrated. Then what are we looking for? Efficiency per touch, which is, that's Hardy's, that's the whole play with Hardy. All right, let's recap this team now that it is in the books. There was a few like um, tough decisions for us at certain points. I think the you know Van Jefferson pick was kind of like a whatever. Let's just grab him past ADP. The uh, Hayden Hurst pick was kind of like uh, we probably need a third tight end. Let's get an extra backdoor stack. But I actually ha like how this one turned out as far as an elite quarterback build. Josh Allen, Desmond Ritter, uh, running backs Bijan, J.K. Dobbins, A.J. Dillon, Tank Bigsby, Kendra Miller. Nice five there. Eight wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Drake London, Christian Kirk, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, Van Jefferson, Devontae Parker, Deontay Hardy, tight ends, Kincaid, Sam Laporta, and Hayden Hurst. Uh, definitely like a, a fun, like polarized uh, group as far as some like older veterans, some really uh, young players here at running back and tight end. How do you feel about this team? I didn't feel comfortable a single time after the sixth round, and yet <laughs> I really love this team. I think it's a really fun team. Yeah. Yeah, it was this was a, a weird room because it wasn't a ton of badges and then and yet it did get kind of avalanchey at parts. You know, I saw I think Dobbs went in the top one hundred. That's always one of my like canaries of the colbide for like how uh wild is this room going to be if we go back to the the draft board there, but it made me feel good about us hitting like I think you pushing us toward Elijah Moore at pick 79 was a really good moment there because I think we could have taken like a Cam Akers um, or something, maybe a DeAndre Swift. But then I think we start to feel pretty gross about the wide receivers. And I think we were able to kind of um, let the room come to us because of that pick being slightly aggressive there. Yeah. And it's, you know, reaching is not something you necessarily want to do a ton of, but he was the highest wide receiver available. So mm. we just, we, we let the structure dictate a little bit of a reach there, but I, I'm glad we did that too. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any other like decision points. The one I keep bringing up is the, the James cook, but we would have had to have taken him over JK Dobbins, which I think on an Allen team would have been defensible. And yet I, I want more JK Dobbins and he's such a screaming value at 66. No, the one that I kind of wish we did was taking Gabe Davis over Christian Kirk. Really what it takes. That, and yeah. 
we that would have been right i guess that is one of those things where we were kind of flat there you were you had mentioned locket too we didn't even consider scrolling down to gabe at at the time but that would have probably yeah. been fine because gabe is doing this thing where they're used gabe used to be regularly regularly available in the seventh alan you know you take him in the late second early third and then you just get gabe very easily and then it's like oh no you got to take him in the sixth and now I mean, you might need to take him in the fifth if you if you're doing it from the back end of the board, right? Um, which I think is probably fine. Like George Pickens or Gabe Davis, like isn't aren't we hoping George Pickens becomes Gabe Davis? <laughs> not, the, not the hope. Well, I, I hope he's not becoming last year Gabe Davis. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not that's not what I I'm guess you're hoping for. he becomes like Mike Evans. But I think Gabe Davis <laughs> yeah. maybe has a little more meat in the bone from from last year. Gabe Davis and Kyle Pitts both feel so similar to me, both like the arcs of their ADP rise last year, drafters getting extremely frothy, they disappoint, and now they're at much more palatable prices, and yet I still have a twinge of fear whenever I select both of them. Yeah, I actually, I really don't. <laughs> it's it's fully priced in. I mean, Pitts is going at the 7-8 turn now. It's, where did he yeah. get here? Uh, Pitts went in this draft at, uh, pick 81. So yeah, he's, and we got him at pick 80 or 81 last week. I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I can't, I can't, uh, quibble with that price whatsoever. I mean, it's, it's literally 60 picks later than where he was going a week before the season last year, 60 picks later. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and if you want to know who this year's Kyle Pitts is, it is Calvin Ridley who goes at, at 21 here. Um, I got him in the mid third of a DraftKings draft last night. And I was like, Oh no, it was maybe drafters. I was, but it, whatever it was, it wasn't underdog, but I was like, so happy. I was so yeah. happy to get a mid third Calvin Ridley share. Like it was a month ago. Cause I'm underweight. Obviously I, I never, I've yeah. never led the, in order to be overweight on Calvin Ridley, like you would have had to be leading the charge. Like, we talk about slappies. If you're overweight on Calvin Ridley, like you are a slappy. You have been you have been riding up the board with Calvin Ridley the whole time. Like that's the slappiest slappy pick ever. Which Did listen, I, he's gonna crush and, and ruin us. I'm not saying that, but he's but it's just crazy to me that you were able to stay ahead of this whole this hype train the whole time. Okay. Well, I was I was talking about this on Basketball Breakfast when people were talking about like the various fades I'm worried about. I'm far more worried about a guy like Odell Beckham burying me than I am about Calvin Ridley at his price. I mean, Calvin Ridley basically has to do exactly what he did two years ago on the Falcons just to like pay off this draft cost. Whereas like Odell Beckham at his draft cost could be the high advance rate player that just drags a bunch of teams to the playoffs. If there's like questions there and he's just back to his normal self. Like I am at this price, you are not going to get buried by Calvin Ridley. Um, he could be a nice piece, but you, it's almost impossible to get buried at this price. And please clip this and post this when he has 20 at this price this year. at this price, at this price. I, yeah. I, I do regret, I have like 4% Ridley. So I was, I think maybe more, I was more willing to take him than you were, right? You were more out yeah. of the third round. Yeah. So I, but I wasn't hammering him. I was just like yeah. mixing him in and, but I'm sitting this, I'm sitting this price out. I mean, yeah. I know Liam loves him. Liam thinks like, Hey, we're getting a a wide receiver one on a good offense. Why am I going to take a wide receiver two like Devontae Smith ahead of that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say it's because we're not sure he's wide receiver one. Yeah. Um. All right, Pat. 
enjoy drafting with you. This is not our only draft tonight. We are going to be drafting on Ship Chasing tonight. That's going to actually be an earlier show. I haven't gotten the event up yet, but that'll be at 8 p.m. We are doing a NFC primetime draft. That's a $1,200 buy-in. That contest has a $250,000 top prize. We're drafting with a couple guys from the Ship Chasing Discord, the Buckeye Boomers, a couple guys we have drafted with over the years. So excited to tackle that one. It's a slightly different format. We get the third round reversal. We get the six-point passing TD. So tune in to Ship Chasing tonight at 8 p.m. Pat, what else do you have going on Legendary Upside before we bring on Sean Siegel for the Best Ball Banana Stand? Yeah, Legendary Upside, uh, if you sign up, uh, it's $99 for the year, but you can get a $50 underdog credit um, if you sign up and fill out a form, which is right there on the homepage, the uh, the details on how to do that and the form that you need to fill out. So I have a username and I can send it over to Underdog. Um, go ahead and do that. If you don't want to do that, it's $10 a month or... You can sign up for free, and I would recommend signing up for free at the very least because tomorrow I'm going to have my legendary running back article Ooh. out and going through uh, the legendary scenarios for the, the running backs going in the top two rounds this year and also the scenarios in which they don't get hurt, they don't fully outright bust, but they're silent killers. They're kind of like Najee was last year. 17 games still really hurt you. Kind of like Dalvin Cook last year. 17 games still really hurt your your teams last year um, and going through like what those scenarios look like. I travel to the future. I talk in detail about what I saw um, and that article is completely free. So go ahead and sign up for the free newsletter at, at the very least. Um, you can also hear me narrate the article as part of the premium package. Love it. Uh, very excited about that. I would call it probably the uh, most uh, anticipated article of the offseason. There's two that involve running backs, and they both happen to involve my guest today. It's Pat's legendary uh, upside article for running backs, and of course, Sean Siegel's zero RB countdown list. So uh, those are quintessential mandatory reading here down the home stretch. Appreciate Pat as always. Check him out on legendary upside. I got those links down below. He also just did a, a mega three hour podcast yesterday with uh, Jacob Sanderson, Bimeform. Was Maddock on that one too? Uh, Maddock was on that one. Uh, Jacob showed up a little late. Davis left a little early. And yeah. so we, we had some staggered guests. That's the legendary sicko. It goes so long, you can't have guests on the whole time. There you go. So check that out as well. Up next, it's the Best Ball Banana Stand with Sean Siegel. And also stay tuned after the show, the debut of the Best Ball Bros video. Pat, we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.